creatives and welcome back to the empowered creatives podcast finding confidence between hustle and burnout i'm your host victoria hines creative career coach helping creatives just like you navigate those career hurdles i have a really really special guest with me today she is somebody who has just honestly been an inspiration to me um, both as a fellow entrepreneur as well as a actor in her previous life So Laura Sexton is with me today. She is a financial master coach, a wife, a mother of three, age five, two, and one. Whew, that's quite the household. After uh, finding herself in $372,347 in debt, she and her husband made radical life changes to allow her family to live in financial peace. Now she's completely debt-free and Laura is helping others set, stick to, and achieve their financial goals and find the self-trust they need along the way. I'm so happy you're here, Laura. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I know I kind of mentioned this already, but I would love to know what are something like as a creative, I feel like we all have all of these different titles that we identify with. Mm -hmm. What is, what would you say is your slash title? Like, what are all the things that you own whenever you introduce yourself to somebody. I I love the idea of a slash title um, because I always wanted to be a writer actor, right? Like that's what I was going to be. And um, former actor is definitely in my, in my slash title writer is still there. I have a picture book coming out in the not too distant future. Um, I'm a wife, a mom. I am a financial master coach. I like to call myself a money coach and debt elimination specialist. Um, so I, I'm, I'm also a lover of YA books and I read a lot. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, me too. I, li- I, I just want to be well-rounded here. I want to throw out that I love that as well. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are more slashes there, but for right now, those are the ones that pop to mind. Amazing. So the big and ultimate question that I want to kick us off with is what do artists and creatives need to know is possible today? Oh, that's a good one. Wow. Okay. So the first thing that comes to mind for me is that it is possible to create your art. And this sounds, this sounds so like, well, duh, of course it's possible to create your art, but we as artists are pulled in so very many different directions. And some days, the only thing we want to do is create our art, but we have to go to our day job and we have to go do those other slash title things. And I think sometimes we forget that we get to choose what it is we spend our time on and we get to choose what it is we spend our money on. And if we stop and we make intentional choices, we have more margin in our life to do those creative things that we love to do. So if you want to be an artist, you have to just stop and be intentional about what you spend your time and your money on. I love that. I love especially how you brought up that margin. It's almost like when you say margin, it's almost like building that space. I know I talk about this a lot, but we all need time, energy, and money in order to create in order to create period, Mm -hmm. in order to create our work, in order to create the life we want, we have, those are the three resources that we have to always find at a balance. And I love having you on the show 
to especially deep dive into that money topic, which is such a, I, you know, I mean, you were a creative too. Like we have mm-hmm. such a love hate relationship with oh, the very word much. money. Yeah. I would actually love to open up the floor to you. Do you want to tell your origin story? Yeah. Um, so I started out as an actor in Los Angeles around 2008 and I did a lot of background work, a lot of stand-in work. I, you know, I enjoyed that portion of the world of acting so much so that I got very comfortable there. And it wasn't until I got kicked out of central casting that I started focusing on actually making a career. Um, I like to say that Brad Pitt and I have that in common. He was also kicked out of central casting. So, you know, my six degrees of separation with Brad Pitt are very close. So I got into the feast or famine mode that a lot of actors get into where, you know, you book a show and that pays your bills for X amount of time. And then you are you know, drowning, trying to make money, trying to do your day job, your side job, whatever, to fund that, um, that passion. And I got into a bad situation where I was swiping my credit card to pay for food, instead of, you know, I I was going and having fun with my friends after work, and I was going to acting class, and I was making that a priority. And then things like, you know, eating, uh, got put on a credit card, and they were on the back burner, and they were less intentional. And I started racking, like recognizing where I was in debt. And I, I was $372,347 in debt. And that, that number rolls off the tongue because I keep it on the little post-it note on my desk here. Um, because I always want to look at, at where I was and what I found was that debt was holding me down. It was weighing me down. My need for a day job to cover all of those payments was holding me down and keeping me, I would have to choose between, do I go on this audition or do I go to work and pay my bills? And uh, that meant I had to work extra. And so I wasn't able to spend as much time preparing for the audition. I'd go in, I was stressed, or I would go in and go, I have to book this to be able to put food on my table. And there was this desperate energy that I'd walk into auditions with, and I wasn't booking, I wasn't getting callbacks, I wasn't getting called back into some offices, because I just came in with this gross energy that I wouldn't have anywhere else in Los Angeles, right? But in that audition room, I was so desperate. And what I found along the journey as I started paying the debts off, I started having more peace I started having more of that margin that we were talking about. There's more breathing room in, in my ability to take some time to rehearse. Um, I was able to afford an audition coach. I was able to make some different choices with my money. Instead of my debt telling me where my money had to go, I had the ability to make those choices for myself. And I found that I was lighter in audition rooms, I started, you know, booking community theater again, I started getting all kinds of callbacks, I was auditioning all the time, actually booked a walk on role on a like a lifetime Christmas movie. uh, Because a guy came into the restaurant I was working at, he's the director. (laughs) And he's like, I want you in my film, like you have to come in. I'm sitting here going, okay, this is a little are you? Are you really a director? He shows me his resume, he's a legit director, and they were filming a Christmas movie. I was like, Yes, I will be there tomorrow. 
Um, <laughs> so it's just things like that, the space, the margin, the freedom, losing the shackles of the debt that was on my shoulders allowed me to stand taller and enter a room differently because there was no more desperate. And I, I started having more fun in my acting. Like it used to be fun and then it was work and it was stressful. And then you let the stress go and it's fun again. And that's, I mean, yeah. that's just what I love. I love, and, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Victoria, I still have the acting bug. It comes up every once in a while. Um, mm -hmm. It's like glitter. You think you got rid of it and it comes right back. Like you're like, oh, it's still there. Okay. Um, so it never goes away. Like that creative spirit, it's there. I'm focusing, I'm choosing to spend my time on coaching and helping people find this peace and the self-trust, but it's still there. And the cool thing about acting is I can always go back. I can always do it another time. There's always going to be, somebody's going to need a mom or a grandma on a show. Like I can always go back. Absolutely. I think I hit that realization maybe even around the same time you did as well. Yeah. I still have those instincts. There's still that part of me that wants to be in the spotlight. Hello. I started a podcast, um, <laughs> but there are different ways to feel that to where I don't feel like I'm constantly hustling for jobs that I don't even want. Yes. Like that was a, that was the bizarre part too. I was just sort of like trying to make it as an actor for so many years that you just sort of say yes to things that pay the bills and even projects that don't pay the bills because you think they're going to open up some right. magical door down the road. It's a magical door to a mystical land that nobody's ever heard of, but you know that if you do this one piece, you're going to get in and, you know, Judd Apatow is going to put you in this next film. Like it's going to happen. Right. Or if you say no, that could have been the shot. Yes. And you'll regret it forever because that would have been the. And it's just, yeah. It's, I love what you said about, and I, I mean, we've talked about this story before too, but just having that desperation mm -hmm. weighing on you every single time you're basically going in for a job interview right? is it's not a fun place to be. It's not a fun place to live your life. It's the, I think the quickest route to burnout and talk about a confidence dampener. Yeah. Well, and here's the, here's the cool thing about now that I am completely debt-free, right? I have projects that I would like to do in the future, not today, but I have the ability to save up money and produce my own projects. Like I don't have mm -hmm. to be reliant on somebody else to give me a yes anymore. I have enough friends that are actors. I have enough friends that are cinematographers or, you know, that can be my line producer can do, I can fund it myself. And this is, this is the really cool part about it is you have enough people in your circle that are free, right? They don't owe anything to anyone and enough people in your circle, they're complete. You can make whatever you want to make. You don't have to be beholden to the gatekeepers. So yeah. like, I, I know so many people that during COVID, they just went out and they made, you know, they were like, I I'm so pent up and I'm tired of being like this. I just want to create something. So they were making in their pods, right? They were making one room projects and they were just going out and that was how they were living because they were sustaining themselves with this creativity and they're like okay we funded it on a small scale how can we fund it on a larger scale because if I can do this with this little bit how much more can I do with more I love that so I mean yeah talk about taking advantage of the opportunity that presents itself which COVID was that sort of like odd it was just a weird, odd 
land where suddenly all of us just got all of this time. Right. That so many of us didn't have before because we were running from audition to side hustle to nine to five job to part-time job to whatever it was that was filling our days on end with everything that we had to do within a day. And we weren't being intentional with our time. We were just going from next thing to next thing to next thing. And as a mom, I do that often. I'm like, all right, my kids need this. My kids need this. My kids need this. And I'll get to the end of the day. And I'm like, I didn't eat breakfast or lunch. Like, what am I doing? Um, (laughs) So it's, for me, I'm working and I'm working on this every day. I'm still learning to put margin in my life in other areas. I have margin in my life with my finances because I was very intentional. I had a big goal. You know, I sat down, I crushed it. And now it's, that's done. So what's my next goal? Where's the next place that I need to find margin in my life? And, you know, I I didn't really touch on this side of the story. um, But in March, 2020, I had my first feature film under contract and like all my dreams were coming true. And then the pandemic hit Mm -hmm. and it all fell apart. And had I put all of my intention and all of my attention and all of my self-worth onto that one thing, there would have been a bigger fallout because Mm -hmm. the world shattered and ended, but I have other goals and other things to focus on. And I just think as artists, we can sometimes get so singularly focused and be like, this is the only thing, this is the only thing, but there are multiple sides to our lives. And I think it's so very important that we remember that our wheel needs to keep turning. So we need to be the spiritual, the family, the, the financial, the, you know, the body, the, our, our creative side, all of those things need to be nurtured and we can't be only focused on one thing and we can't allow our, our debt to hold us back from being able to keep that wheel spinning and spinning well. Yeah. Real quick, I'm going to interrupt this podcast to tell you about a really nifty tool that I've made just for you. As creatives, it's so easy to find ourselves lost in jobs that we don't really like. So much so that when we decide to find a day job or support job that we actually enjoy, we have no idea where to start. It's time to start adding that intentionality, huh, that we've been talking about on this episode to your career. The way to start is with my creative career audit, which you can download for free using the link in the show notes below. And now let's head back to the episode. What was sort of like the moment for you where you just sort of knew you could not ignore this debt anymore? You needed to tackle it. I had the worst day of my life one day. Uh, Short version of this story is my husband came to me and said, hey, by the way, um, we need to file bankruptcy. Cool. I'm going to work. See you later. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Um, And I I, I thought I didn't know anybody that had filed bankruptcy. My mom's like, yeah, we we did when you were living at home. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so that was one wake up call. And then right after I got off the phone with my mom, I got a call from a doctor that said there was a $10,000 um, fee to move forward with this doctor um, for having more children and um, something got messed up with the billing. I don't even know. Um, it all got worked out eventually. And then um, that same day, shortly after that, I found out that my student loan payment went from $22 a month to $942 a month. And I couldn't, I couldn't fathom it. And I was so overwhelmed. 
And I realized that I had had my head in the sand. I was working day to day. I was covering bills. They were coming in. I had no idea what the total was. No idea, not a clue, not, not in the slightest because I just paid it when it came and I didn't pay attention to it otherwise. And that was the day that I had to make the decision to change. I had to say, I cannot continue to live this way because if I do, I'm setting my family up for failure. Uh, I'm setting, you know, the future children that I want to have. I can't, I can't have them because now I know the burden that I have and I refuse to pass that on. Hmm. I have a hunch that there are going to be some creatives listening to that show or this podcast, not that show. Um, <laughs> who do have some debt racked up. Maybe it's not $372,000, but have some debt of some kind. Right. What would be your advice on the first step to take to start tackling it in some way, shape or form? What would be like that one little piece of like that first step? The first thing you have to do is figure out where you're starting from. So it's compiling all your bills, seeing what you've been spending your money on, look at what your totals are on your debt and say, okay, this is my starting spot because you cannot get to the finish line if you don't know which direction the finish line is. So you have to know where you're starting from, orient yourself from there. Um, After that, the next step is to create a budget. Budget is one of those dirty words where people are like, ew, no one's talking about it. So I like to call it a spending plan. I like to call it a spending plan. It's permission to spend your money. You get to choose what you spend your money on. You set the boundaries. And then um, as far as tackling the debt is concerned, I, I am a big proponent of the debt snowball method, which says you list out your debts from the smallest amount owed to the largest amount owed. And you start tackling the littlest one with a vengeance. And then when that one's done, the payment you're making to that goes to the next one, goes to the next one, goes to the next one. And I was actually just talking about this recently with somebody and they're like, well, the avalanche method makes sense when you look at the numbers and you draw it out. And yes, it does. People talk about the avalanche, which is where you pay based on interest rate. Mm -hmm. But we are not talking about the dollars and cents here. We are talking about your habits. Personal finance is 80% behavior and only 20% head knowledge. So 20% of this is math. Mm. 80% of it is how you choose to spend your money. So, you know, you, you can go either way, but the debt snowball method is the one method I know that always works because you get those small wins in the beginning, you get those quick wins, um, you know, like small little ankle, ankle biters. You're like, oh, that one credit card I had that was only 50 bucks, like take care of that. And you're like, I did something like dopamine hit immediately. I'm like, <laughs> oh, look, I've, I've made progress. Absolutely. Uh, as opposed to starting with higher interest rate, which could be a bigger number. It'll take longer to see any progress. I want you to make progress. I want you to go, okay, I'm starting today. I'm taking control of my future. Victoria, I don't know if you know this, but out of the millionaires in North America, 92% of them say that they control their future. Hmm. So if you want to retire, anybody listening here wants to retire a millionaire, you have to decide today that you want to control your future because 92% statistically is all of them. Like decide today that you're in control of your future. Mm -hmm. And guys, I don't know if you heard me earlier, but if you have all of your finances taken care of, you can create your art the way that you want to create it without any gatekeepers. So I'm just, uh, I'm going to bring it back to that. You want to be in control of your future. (laughs) This is the way to do it in more ways than one. Well, there's also just the reality too, of if you 
don't feel like you have control over your finances now, there's no magical number of income that is suddenly going to make that better. Like, I mean, I just even looking at actors, like I'm sure we can all name a few that we know, you know, they were living off of nothing or even penniless at the end of their life, even though they made like so much money early on in their careers because it all got spent. Yeah. There's, there's no way, there's no way to change that behavior. If you are reckless with a small amount of money, you're going to be reckless with a big amount of money. And the difference is you're reckless and there are people asking for it. Like, right. They're like, Hey, can you buy this? Can you do this? Can you do this? You're going to have more chances to do wrong. Um, there's this joke about the NFL, the NFL stands for not for long because you're not in it for long. They get these huge contracts and they go out and they blow all the money and then they get cut from the team. And that was the end of it. Right. And they're like, yeah, I I just made $14 million last year and now I have nothing. (sighs) It's all about your behaviors. This is not about the numbers on a page. Yeah, that is so spot on. What do you think is one of the most detrimental behavior spending habits that can, we can fall into that can lead to debt piling up. Oh, Klarna, Afterpay, um, any, any of these, any of these things that can go on a website that are, you know, for easy payments and you can have this, um, to buy a shirt that would cost you $20 and you split it up into four easy payments. (laughs) Yeah. Come, come on. That is no way to live. But because you have that and you're looking at it, it's like you can, instead of $20, it's only $5. You add more to your cart because it's a smaller number. You're like, oh, well, I I can do $5, no problem. Oh, but I can add this. And you add, add, add so that your Klarna payment is only $20 this time, but it would have just been $20 for the shirt. So Mm -hmm. now instead of four easy payments of $5, it's four easy payments of $20. Mm-hmm. You could have just bought the one thing for 20 bucks. So it's, it's psychologically, you're playing with monopoly money, right? You are more likely to put more into your cart because you're like, Oh, I'll pay it later. But here's the thing that I say, and I say it all the time. If you guys follow me on clubhouse, I say it once a day, six or seven <laughs> times a day. Um, you need to stop paying for your past and start saving for your future. Anytime you get a credit card payment with interest, that is a penalty. You are penalizing yourself by continuing to pay for your past instead of rewarding yourself by saving for your future. Because when you're saving all of that interest, it's, it's a bonus. <laughs> and it's more money that can go towards your art. Absolutely. It's also more money that can buy you time to go towards your art. And options. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because if you're going to a store, say, you know, it, say you're an artist and you want to go and like, there are these oil paintings that, or oil paints that you've been looking at, you really want them, but they're expensive and you don't have the margin in your budget and your credit cards maxed out. You can't buy these really nice paints. So you go for the cheaper ones, you get a cheaper product. It's not as sensual in, in the experience of creating. Like I want, I, and people ask say all the time, they're like, well, you just want me to not have fun. I want you to, I mean, I tell people, I'm like, yeah, let's not have fun for a very short period of time so that we can have all the fun in the future. And a short period of time might be, 
like theoretically six months a year. Right. On average, I, um, the people that I work with are out of debt between 18 to 24 months. Um, okay. And I like, I currently am running like my one-to-one program is six months long. And I think half of my clients have gotten out of debt in that six months. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying deprive yourself for your future. Uh, You know, you don't have to be a starving artist. I think that's the thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like you do not need to be a starving artist because when you're starving, so is your creativity. Yep. Bingo. Yeah, absolutely. But can you imagine like you're sitting, you got, you, you've saved up money and you've traveled to Paris and you're able to people watch and you're seeing all of these people and you get inspired to write this beautiful screenplay and you bring it home to all of your actor friends and they all want to be a part of it and you have the money to do it and your actor friends are also out of debt so they can either you know chip in financially or work for free because they're not beholden to somebody else telling them what they can and can't do with their money you have a friend who's a painter and a graphic artist and like everybody's chipping in because they have the margin and they have the freedom to make whatever choice they want to make. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the dream for me. For me, that's the dream. Oh yes. 100%. Like I creativity, especially for me, like it flows when I am able to give it ample amounts of time. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that if I'm running from part-time job to part-time job to part-time job, just trying to pay Right. The minimum amount of my bills and all the meantime, knowing, like, I remember going through this part of my life. Like, I think I had four or five part-time jobs. Nothing was going towards retirement. And there was that little piece in the back of my brain of like, this is not, you can do this for the experience for a period of time, but that's all you get Mm -hmm. because this is not sustainable. No, it's not spending your time wisely. It's not spending your money wisely. And you can't, you can't build towards something in the future. Yeah, I remember working three restaurant jobs, totally different. And I, and I was, and I was trying to act on like on top of it. And I was like, when is there time for anything? There was never any time for anything, especially not sleep. I was working, you know, one job till four in the morning. And like when you're working till four in the morning and then you have to be up at eight for an audition and then you have to go to a, a restaurant at, you know, at 11 and then you're just, you're just running and you're running and you're running and there's no ability to breathe. And when you're being unintentional, and I'll go back to this idea of intentionality and I'll do it over and over and over again. When you're being unintentional, you make bad choices mm-hmm. because you're not paying any attention. You're just swipe next, swipe next, swipe next. And when you're, when you stop and you breathe, you were going to make a better choice every time. Absolutely. Oh, I could keep talking about the subject all day long with you, but unfortunately we do have to call this episode to a close. I would love to ask you, what would be your one minute sort of summarized piece of advice that around how to build confidence as a creative when you when you're looking to build confidence you have to do the thing over and over and over again your confidence is not going to come from somebody telling you uh you did a good job I'm so proud of you like this is wonderful because if it did like you could go home and your mom would say you're wonderful and like you're like oh I'm confident that's not how it works um 
confidence comes from showing up, doing what you say you are going to do, falling on your face and getting up and showing up again. And the more you get up and the more you show up, the more confident you're going to be. Amen to that. I would love to know, Laura, where we can find you as well as if you want to share a little bit about uh, something special you have coming out soon. Yes. Um, Okay. So I am on Clubhouse all the time. If any of your listeners are on Clubhouse, I love it. I spend way too much time there. It's fabulous. It's an audio only app. Um, If you guys like podcasts, you're going to like Clubhouse. And I'm on Clubhouse at Laura Sexton. I'm also all over Instagram at Accelerate Your Legacy. Um, I am all about the legacy that we leave has more to do with the dollars and cents, has less to do with the dollars and cents in our bank account, more to do with our habits um, that, and, our, and our traits that we pass on. So Instagram at Accelerate Your Legacy and my website, accelerate, AccelerateYourLegacy.com will be up and running within the week. So when you guys are hearing this, it will be up. And also on April 11th, I am launching something brand new. I'm so excited. You all have Victoria Hines to thank for this uh, <laughs> because she supported me way back when I was just, just getting started. Um, I am launching the Better Budget Bootcamp. It is $27 to change your financial future, literally 15 minutes a day for five days. You will have a budget that is tailor-made to you and will help you get to the financial goals that you set for your life. I say it all the time. This is all about you, your values, your spending plan, what you choose to spend your time on, what you choose to spend your money on. That's what you're going to grow more of. Absolutely. It ties completely back into that intention. Thank you so much, Laura, for being on the show. I'll be sure to drop all of those links into the show notes so you don't have to be scribbling with a pen and sheet of paper, which I don't think anybody does with podcasts anyway. Not anymore. Mm -mm. Not at all. But thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so thankful that I got to be here with you today. Financial freedom is something that has always been incredibly important to me and my life. And I am so thankful that I met Laura Sexton and I was able to bring her on the show to share her story with you, her advice, her wisdom, especially around debt and being a creative. So here's your one thing this week. If you are a creative, who has some debt that you are carrying around with you. I want you to take action on Laura's piece of advice, except I'm going to make it a little bit easier for you, especially if it feels daunting. This week, I want you to make a list of where your debt lies. You don't have to look at the number. You don't even have to solve it. But if you've been kind of like that ostrich sticking your head in the sand, wanting to ignore it, Start by making a list of every single place where you have a debt, your medical bills, credit card bills, student debt, house, etc. maybe even friends. Just make a running list of who these people are or what these companies are. With that being said, thank you so much for being here and supporting the Empowered Creatives. A really easy, cheap, Every way that you can continue to support this podcast is to rate, review, and subscribe if you have not already. 
Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next week.